Namaste, yogis. Welcome to episode nine of Happy Jack Yoga Podcast. We are so excited to be here with all of you. I'm Happy Jack, coming at you live from Cambridge, Massachusetts, USA, and I am here with Happy Hannah, and I am reporting from Liechtenstein, a little country where I can see Switzerland and almost also Austria, like right in between those two countries. Amazing. What technology, right? We get to we get to come together from different parts of the world. Just looking around here, we got Virginia in the house, we got Ohio, we got UK, we got the Northeast US, we got Colorado, we got New York, we got Spain, and we got Texas on the line. And of course, Liechtenstein and Boston. And it's it's beautiful to be able to be here. Um, this is episode nine. This is October 31st, 2023, which means Happy Halloween for those of you who may be celebrating. Oh, Yada got excited. She's she's of the younger generation, still in her 20s. Maybe you're still trick-or-treating. I don't know. <laughs> I, I trick no, you're not. Okay. I trick-or-treated until like I was a teenager, like I think 16 or 17, because I had younger siblings. My sister is seven years younger. Uh, but I was starting to get looks. You know, it's like I think you're a little bit old for this. Um, but it's it's a, it's a fun way. So anybody out there who has kids and is going trick or treating, uh, or you're getting dressed up, enjoy, enjoy. Just seeing uh, Team Finland is coming on now as well. Mariana representing. I also want to just say a huge thank you to all this. This is like so late, <laughs> but a huge thank you for all of the birthday wishes. <laughs> I know they they my birthday was October twelfth, but I've been so busy writing papers and doing schoolwork that just uh, this weekend on Sunday, I went through my Facebook and I saw all of the beautiful birthday wishes from many of you who are here. So this is uh, my belated thank you uh, for the beautiful words. And something we wanted to say right off the get-go, because we said it at the end of, part of episode eight, uh, but we are so close, Hanna. We are so close. We have set, we have set this little mini goal where we, we would love to get 10 five-star reviews of the podcast either in in spotify or in apple we got nine we got nine on apple and we got nine on spotify which means we we uh, we did get a little bit of progress from last time but if you're if you're here with us live uh, or if you're listening to this uh, if you would be so kind to take a moment even right now uh, and and give us a five-star reviewing five-star rating leave a little comment we appreciate it. It lets it lets people find uh, this nice yoga conversation. So that's uh, so. Thank you for those who have already. I know several of you already have. Um, and maybe Hannah is Brandon saying he tried on Spotify, but I he didn't. See I don't know if you can leave reviews on Spotify. I've never done that myself. Maybe. I don't know. I, I definitely know you can do like a, a, the the star, like five star. But anyways, we'll we'll investigate that. Anything you're able to do. We appreciate it. Yeah. And and of course, like really a huge thank you for those of you who are, who are here live with us. I called out your where you're from, but I want to send some love to Amy, Brandon, Danica, Diana, Elizabeth, Tanya, Alice, Alice and Scott, Yada. Um, thank you for being here live with us. And and though, you know, so we got 10 of us who are here live. There's always a, a larger percentage, a larger number of people who are listening through one of the, the podcast platforms. So if you're listening through a platform, thank you for your support. Thank you for being a part of this conversation. 
we want it to be a conversation. That's something that Hun and I have talked about. So if you have feedback, if you have questions, if you have topics, if you have myths that you would love for us to bust, send them in, email them, info at happyjackyoga.com. We're here to bust them or, or at least discuss them, <laughs> at least discuss them. Um, so, so please feel free to do that. And if you want to join us live, if you want to be in here and then, and then we get to hang out, we get to say hi before the podcast, we get to, we get to celebrate with you after the podcast, send us an email at info at happyjackyoga.com and we will, we'll get you the zoom code and then we get to see your beautiful face. <clears throat> and then whether you're, um, knitting, maybe Yara is knitting, um, whatever Alice is. Alice is definitely knitting, you know, whatever you're doing in your home. Um, yeah, we get to, we get to be a part of that. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So, and of course, and the, sorry, the last little announcement, if you want to practice live yoga with us, Hanna is very often the teacher. I sometimes substitute Fridays, free yoga class in email, the same email address. We'll get you the zoom code. Come practice with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's only half an hour. So most people can find the time definitely yes so with that said hanna let's jump into our yoga myth what do you you got for us today (laughs) so our myth today is i don't know if it's a myth it's a saying and i don't think it's a negative saying but i think it's a good one to discuss and it goes like this i bend so i don't break And Mm -hmm. as yogis, I think all of us, we've heard that or even said that or thought that when life gets intense and challenging, then we think, oh, well, at least I can bend instead of snapping or breaking. Yeah, I get it. And so I think, I think if I understand perhaps where the myth or the, the part where we could challenge is like the, the fact that we don't break, because the truth is even as yogis, even as uh, advanced practitioners of the hero's journey or you know whatever practice we happen to do, there's moments in our life where we do break. Right, mm-hmm. Hanna, you, like obviously at the time you lost your first husband, I don't think yoga would have saved that. Like that caused a break, that, that was breakdown, I'm sure, yeah. right? And we all have those moments in our lives where, where we do break. So in a sense, there's truth to it, yoga, you know, physically makes us more flexible. It makes us more malleable. It makes us like, um, you know, I've just, I've done little funny things. Like I'll lose my balance and kind of trip uh, or like even kind of fall, falling out of a car. I'm embarrassed to say, but I, I don't hurt myself or I somehow catch myself. And there's, so in a way, the physical practice of yoga does help us bend so that we don't, you know, hurt ourselves but I think on a, on a level of like, you know, mentally and phys, uh, and metaphorically, psych- metaphorically and psychologically, um, I think it's important to embrace the fact that there will be moments in life where we do break. You know, we've talked in previous episodes, I'll just say quickly and jump to you, you know, we've talked about loss, right. And losing loved ones. And in moments like that, it could happen. Sorry, you're going to say, yeah, I was going to say that like maybe there's a part of us that doesn't break. Yes, I 100% agree. I mean, that's the that's the core teaching of yoga. Right. We, who we are, we are a pure spirit soul. 
and we are eternal. You know, we didn't, we didn't come into being the day we were born and we don't cease to exist the day that this physical body dies. That's what the yoga teachings teach us. That's what even a lot of the other faith traditions teach us. That's something I can get behind. I believe that. And so you're right in, in that sense. This is why it's complicated because mm -hmm. in that sense, yeah, we don't break. I mean, who we are. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we jump off the, the, the swing set and we break our leg. Maybe we lose a loved one and we break down emotionally. Our hearts, our heart can oh. break. Our heart can break, right, from loss and, and relationships. And so in that sense, we will have break. We will have, we will break. We will have pain, like really one of the, the great teachings of Buddhism. I know we got some yogis in here. Uh, I know Elizabeth, and I, and I got to read Alice's comments as well. She's like really inspired by Buddhism after the Buddhist psychology and mindfulness course. Still, still inspired by bhakti yoga as well, um, but also just inspired by these teachings. And, and so one of those core teachings of, of Buddhism is that, you know, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So in that sense, you know, things are going to happen. Things, there's things that are out of our control. Some things are within our control. Many things are out of our control. And so pain is inevitable. Um, and suffering, though, is optional. Now, that, that you know, for most of us humans, uh, not so easy to, for suffering to be optional because we, a big part of the human condition is suffering. And because we're so attached to this physical body, we're not attached to being that pure spirit soul. We're attached to the physical body. We're attached to our children. We're attached to our identity, our career, our bank account, our whatever, our body. Which I kind of think we should be because living in a body entails that we got to brush our teeth. You yeah. know, brushing our teeth is attachment, but we want to have teeth attached. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that's what, and that's why we have different dharmas, right? There's so we think that we know in yoga the term dharma is your life purpose, and the important thing to remember we have many dharmas, we have many purposes, and so you know the yogis would say the ultimate dharma is just you said simply love of God or connection with divinity or you, you know connection with something greater than ourselves is like the ultimate dharma. However, we have, you know, you have a dharma, Hanna, as a parent. Uh, we have a dharma as uh, leaders of a yoga community. We have, I have a dharma as a student. You know, we have dharmas in, in our, uh, to our employers, things like that. So you're right. We, we have a dharma to take care of our body. Um, and, and, and again, that's where it gets like, this is where it gets complicated. Right. It's like in the one sense, we want to take care of our health. We want to honor ourselves. We want to brush our teeth. We want to meditate. We want to take a shower. We want to do a yoga practice. Um, however, not be attached. Not not be attached when, when yeah, go. And not be attached to the outcome, you know, of that yoga practice and and the outcomes of all the things that our dharmas. Like I think about also like what you're saying is almost like there's different parts of us. There's a part of me that is a parent. There's a part of me, you know, that is your friend. There's a part of me that is a teacher. There's a part of me that is a student. But where I think like sometimes in the yoga world, what I don't love, and also because it's my own experience, like seeing yoga as a 
cure or as a complete cure all at, you know, at everything. That's where I think like it may, might be good to remember that, you know, we, we are complex and layered beings and, and look at, depending on where we look, um, like what aspect of ourselves we are discussing, because sometimes these truths can feel like a bypass, right? If we say, um, you know, that yoga and bending, if I do yoga, then I won't break, you know? Mm, yeah, no, I, I love what you share about not being attached to the outcome. And I've heard this saying that, you know, don't don't fall in love with the result. Don't fall in love with the, the goal, fall in love with the process. And that's something I feel that's something that I have done. I, I'm not attached to like, you know, we had a, a nice conversation on the Sunday satsang. Well, but I won't, anyways, I won't get into that. I have, I love the process. I love waking up early and, and doing the meditation and doing the yoga. And I'm not doing it to, to, you know, to change the shape of my body. I'm not doing it to, um, to, to check a box even like I'm, I'm doing it because I love it. And so it, it's really nice when we can find these, as Yada said, tools, right? Yoga is a tool, finding these tools that support that so that, so that we love the process and we're not so attached to that outcome. Um, and, and then also we need to really understand, won't go too deep into this conversation, but we touched on it last week, like what is yoga, right? And so like if, because I think I think a lot of the conversation here we're talking about the physical practice and of course yoga is so much more than that. Yeah. So and like if you think about it, I don't know if I'm interrupting your thought right now, but like if we think about yoga and the external outcomes, then we're going away from yoga because what that's technically the opposite of what yoga is when we're looking for an inner sense of unity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something I just want to put out there right now to everybody listening and everybody who's live with us right now, right before we hit start on this recording, you know, I, I, I said to Hannah, I said, please, like whenever you have something great to share, jump in, share it. Um, and, and you shared with me because we have a great open conversation relationship. You said like, well, I, I'm mindful not to interrupt because I know in the past, you know, sometimes that can trip you up or mess you up or stress you out. And, and hun, I give you full permission and everybody <laughs> in this call, please keep encouraging because everything you share is so great. Uh, no, I really encourage you keep jumping in because that's great. It gives me time to, to breathe and to pause and get recentered. Um, but I just wanted to share that because I think that that's really something special that, that we now have after 10 years, maybe after many years of of suffering being caused and from my insecurity from my needing to control whatever stuff i was going through um but now i find it really helpful mm -hmm. when you jump in so please do okay and then also i think because we are learning this platform platform is different than what we typically do like you know leading teacher trainings in a circle we had mm -hmm. to learn how to host those trainings online when COVID happened. And now this is also another way of, of being together, right? For all of us, those listening and those who are here in, 
in person, so to say, live with us. So it takes some practice, right? And it's a new way for us, all of us, to be in inquiry. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why we're here. That's that's the biggest part of what yoga is. I see Tanya up there. She's got a whiteboard. She's taking notes. She's doing work. We're here. I mean, this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I feel like you had a follow up to that myth around kind of being good enough. Do yeah. You, do, you, do you have that? Do you want to bring that up? Well, like you know about like making yoga kind of like external. So, like. The point of yoga is to create union, we could say, right, within whether it's our idea of being part of a bigger picture or even belonging to the humankind. Like it's a, it's a, I think yoga is a, for me has been a place where I can connect dots, where things start to make sense, both yoga philosophy and then the physical practice. But then if we think about yoga as only a physical practice or something we only see on social media, I think it can become a little bit, maybe sometimes a little bit of a negative space where we just maybe find um, not, depends who we follow and how our algorithms are, but like sometimes it can be a little bit of a place of comparison, right? So I can't do that pose, so I can't bend that way. So does that mean that I'm not good enough as a yogi? So that's why I think like, the conversation then in my mind, like when we were, when I was planning this conversation around bending and not breaking, um, my mind went to this conversation of comparison and how yoga easily, I think a lot of us come to yoga or a lot of people don't even ever come to yoga because they have some maybe notions from before thinking, oh, I'm not flexible enough. And that's another myth we've already discussed, but basically like the underlying thing being like, I'm not good enough. Like yoga can be a space where it's easy to feel that I'm not good enough because it's a whole lifestyle and not everyone can easily adopt all of the lifestyle advice or guidelines that yoga maybe provides in the West, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to kind of ask you when when we kind of take this metaphor to the next kind of level, if um, you could talk about if yoga has ever caused you to think you're not good enough or anything in the yoga world. Yeah, I was I've been thinking about that and I'm sure I'm sure I've been in environments, you know, where I. I was comparing myself to other students or other teachers and and I did feel not good enough. I'm sure I could come up with some examples of that, but really what immediately comes to mind when I think about, you know, not being good enough, I I see my life before yoga and I see my life after yoga and clearly my life before yoga, I did not feel good enough. I didn't, I was trying to prove myself. You know, I've shared before, I, I studied engineering to make my dad proud. Uh, then I did my MBA to, to get a good, get it a, uh, a promotion to make my dad proud, like really trying to prove myself. And I remember one seminar that I was at, as we were doing this kind of self-inquiry, we had to get clarity on, you know, basically what is the the mantra or the, the mantra of our life? Like what is the the words that we're saying to ourselves 
And I'm embarrassed to say, I'm not embarrassed, but maybe, you know, not, not the mantra that I have anymore, but the mantra that I really operated from was, I will show you. And it wasn't about being better than others. It wasn't about making others wrong, but it was about somehow trying to prove that I was enough. I'll show you, you know, cause I think, you know, there were moments, you know, I got teased as a kid or bullied or, or whatever, didn't do so well, didn't get picked for the sports team. And so I just took on this, this mantra of life, I'll show you. And so it was just all about proving myself, proving that I'm good enough, proving that I'm worthy. And that was my life, most of my life, you know, up until yoga. And it seems that I'm sure, again, I'm sure there's examples where I don't, I don't feel good enough and don't feel worthy, but it seems like since starting this practice of yoga, there's there is this this big part of self-acceptance and self-worth and feeling that I am good enough and and it's you know not to be not to be conceited or whatever the word is but like I I genuinely feel I am good enough I feel I feel like I have other I've got other issues I've got lots of other insecurities but I feel at my core I am enough and I feel like a big part of that came from the hero's journey and this work um, and just you know, learning to love myself and learning to accept myself. So that's what initially came up. Yeah. And it sounds like um, yoga has provided a space also for you to prove to yourself that you are good enough by doing all the steps, by doing all the practices, whether it's a, a flow yoga, like hero's journey or, or becoming a teacher and then, all the steps, you know, that you've taken, like it, those are steps where you show yourself that you are good enough. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, it's somehow the practice of yoga. Like I've kind of the words I have for it is they bring awareness. So like just getting on my yoga mat for, you know, I, I got several hours of practice, but really doing asana, like yoga postures is like 25 minutes a day. That's not a ton. Right. And so doing 25 minutes of slow, easy, gentle asana postures is not going to radically change somebody's, you know, physical body per se. But, you know, what I've noticed is that when I get on my mat, I just become very aware of how I feel. And so if I ate something, if I ate, I indulged in something too much the night before, I feel that when I get on my yoga mat and, and of course, through yoga, I practice non-judgment and non-criticism to myself, but I do have that awareness. And so it's like from a place of non-judgment and non-criticism, it's like, okay, well, these types of foods make me feel this way or a smoothie, you know, you know, I love peanut butter smoothies when we're hanging out um, and you can't even keep peanut butter in the house. Right. Cause it's like, I'll eat it all um, now. Even t anyways, and so I know, I just, I know how, I know how good it is. Oh my God, it's so good. I would love one right now. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Allison Scott. I see you feel it. And, um, but I know how, it, and, and truthfully, one small peanut butter smoothie is no problem with that. But I, small, I've got a special definition of what small means and, and how many. So anyways, the point being, I notice how I feel. I feel like the yoga practice brings awareness. And so, you know, I have, you know, lost a lot of weight, a lot of weight from this practice. 
And, 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 and again, like, so this is where, you know, does it stop the breaking? Does it, does it help with not feeling good enough? Um, I feel like it just, it, it brings this awareness and it becomes this tool um, to, to navigate life and to navigate the ups and the downs. Cause as much as I'm very disciplined and very, and I enjoy the discipline, there's no, there's no negative energy around it, but I still, you know, fall off the wagon per se, not with yeah. alcohol. But, well, yeah. I think that like, it sounds to me, and that's what I kind of feel about all of these yogic things is like, it's not the yoga asana necessarily like you are aware of how you are doing. Like it's the the self-inquiry aspect and all of that. It seeps into all areas of your life. Like you become more mindful when you do yoga. Like that's kind of like we practice on the yoga mat to feel what it feels like to be in this body. And it's not always just to scan for negative eating habits. It might be that I'm tight here because I've been walking a lot or a million things you could discover. But it, to me, it seems like then it also like becomes kind of like we all know a yogic lifestyle becomes a mindful lifestyle where we notice if we are out of balance. And what I hear in your share too about like the discipline that you say that you love is almost like that is your practice of balance. Balance is not a, a stable state where you know, like being asleep, like when you're asleep, you're asleep, but balance is something you constantly create and navigate and like adjust to. Right. And so it seems like yoga is like that too. It's something you, that seeps into how you see the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, it can bring, it can, it can bring certainty, which is something I love, something I, I appreciate, something I value the yoga, the practice, the meditation, the pranayama breathing track techniques, it brings certainty. It's like, I know, I'll tell you right now, if I, when I go to bed, as I did last night, when I go to bed at 7.30 PM, which is, which is earlier than the trick-or-treaters who are going out tonight, but I go to bed at 7.30 PM and I get my eight to eight and a half hour sleep and I wake up and I do those rituals. And for those on live can see, I drink my green juice, right? Like, I have, I have such a high degree of certainty that I'm going to feel amazing. And, and that's what I do before something important, like a podcast day. And, and that's what I do every day, you know, as, to the best that I can. And so in one way, yoga brings certainty. But again, coming back to the, the truth that, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to break at moments in our life. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have pain. As much as I can, you know, be so grateful to say, you know, I I am good enough. I believe I'm good enough. I, I'm I'm I don't believe I'm better than anybody else. That doesn't matter. I believe I'm good enough. But at the same time, I, I definitely have insecurities. You know, I mean, we we talked about last night. We got to go for the first walk and talk for the first time in a few weeks and uh, you know kind of just debriefing and one of the things that i'm always trying to figure out is like what is the right way to spend spend my life like how should i engage you know because there's there's actually so many amazing options right and 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 i'm doing many of those amazing options but there's the like the rational side of my mind wants to figure it out it's like well if 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 i should be if if spirituality and living 
you know, the highly spiritual life is like the ultimate goal. Well, then I want to, I want to really focus in on that. And I want to remove distractions that are not supporting that. And I want to go all in there. And if it's something else, and um, so I, I won't get into that conversation, but there is still this kind of uncertainty, this insecurity of figuring like it kind out. Of a seeking. Totally. And I know, and I know that balance is a big part of it which I'm sure a lot of you would you know, invite. And Danica's is like, yep, yep, for sure. And, and you would say that to me many times, Hanna. It's like, hey, like enjoy, <laughs> you know, you can enjoy a croissant and you can enjoy a green juice. Like to me, those just don't go together. It's like, no, for me, only green juice. But, you know, for others, you know, creating that balance. And um, yeah, so without taking it too yeah. far off. Yeah, and, and those are things that I think you know, maybe at midlife a person or at any time you might ask yourself, like, what's the kind of life that I want to lead? And and then being really smart and being exposed to a lot of different ways of living, you know, and being, you know, a very disciplined and, and like a seeker that you are seeing a lot of different ways of living. Of course, it's natural that you should be in inquiry around what what you want to do going yeah. forward and i think this is what yoga gives us it gives it well certainly again this is where it doesn't make it easy it like it just like a yoga pose like half pigeon can feel very uncomfortable i feel like this work of yoga can can bring us out of our comfort zone i feel like that's where i am right now because in one sense i feel i feel like my dharma my greatest dharma is is in the realm of spirituality <clears throat> and everybody's different so if I think about, you know, my, my family who I love and I, when I text and message with, you know, my brother and my sister, like my brother said, like he's, they're at the, they're at the hockey rink 10 times a week. So between my brother who plays on two teams and, and his two boys who play, who, who play on one team, but practices in games, they go to the hockey rink and we live way out in the country. So that's like not close 10 times a week, you know, plus work, plus everything else. And, but I feel like for him, probably his, his primary Dharma in life, certainly at this stage is his family. Right. And so that's like, perfect. That's beautiful. Like he feels so fulfilled being able to play hockey, being able to coach his boys, play hockey, being able to watch his kids play hockey, you know, parents out there will get this, whatever your kids do. And that's the Dharma at that stage of life. I, I didn't have that stage. I did as a kid, but not as a parent. I feel like my dharma, my primary dharma, and knowing we have many of them, is in this realm of spirituality, and 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 that but ties. That's in. quite recent that you should say that. When I met you, yeah. there was no part of you that was looking for spirituality that I'm aware of. Maybe that's not correct, but it's true. Wouldn't that yeah. be like also like um, like what I often say about why I can be excited about life and yoga and all of the things is because as we do this, things reveal themselves to us. And that's why setting intentions and goals sometimes to me feels like too little, too re reductionist, you know, like mm -hmm. you can't possibly know what is going to reveal itself to you as yeah. you go through life, right? Yeah, for sure. And so to your point, a couple of great points, like for sure, when we met in 2014, March 29th, um, I was not 
there's not looking for the spiritual side of yoga. I had experienced it. I'd spent, you know, a year in India backpacking around like in these spiritual environments, but primarily I was there for my my physical health and well-being, my mental yeah, like, health. And well-being. Yeah. Like how, if you were to look back at that one year, what was maybe something that changed you? at spirituality like what kind of impressions did it leave or do you know what i mean like yeah so many oh my goodness right? well one of them I, I just wrote about in one of my papers is that after this was in 2015 but after spending a few months at the ashram in rishikesh uh you know doing I, i've done a few different advanced 500 hour trainings i did this one there um, spent three months there. Every day we do the Agnihotra, which is the fire ritual, the fire puja. And so we offer we offer ghee and herbs to the fire and we chant svaha and we and we release anything that's not serving us. We just we get to let it go and and we bring intention to what that is that we're letting go. And I've said before, for me it was criticism and judgment to myself and to others. And having done that every day for a few months, and then you and your youngest son, Axel, you met me at the Delhi airport mm-hmm. after, um, before we went on to, to Thailand. And and you're like, what? I mean, you can say it in your words, but essentially mm-hmm. you're like- you, I well, wish you would have always there. stayed that way is what yeah. I felt in that moment. Right. And also I had not felt like anything like not in contrast to something else. You know what I mean? Like it was just really beautiful. You were really soft and your energy was really soft is the word that I would describe it, like heart soft. Yeah, yeah. And I know you also said I looked like Jesus. You did. I'm not claiming, I am not divine. I am not enlightened, no way. <laughs> but I had long hair down in my belly button and I had not shaved in a few months. Um, and so I, I looked a little bit like a Jesus figure um, and had some of those qualities. And so it's, it, it works. Totally. And, but, you know, to be true though, I didn't go there for that, right? I went there to, you know, teach me yoga um, kind of thing or whatever. Um, so, but, you know, coming back to what you said, so seeds were planted of spirituality, but it was really only in recent years, even 2017, you took me to an Amma retreat, right? She's a great sage from South India and happy to go there. Beautiful experience. You know, I didn't feel it was for me. I as you know, and I had even some resistance and, you know, uh, so it wasn't quite yeah, ready. Like you for had ad- an adverse reaction, which is yeah. not bad. Like, it's not like you should have any other kind of reaction. Like that was, yeah. you know, at that time, it could be for many reasons. Yeah, that's right. And so, I, but I feel like, you know, seeds slowly planted and then, you know, reading books and conversations with you. And, you know, you I, from the day we met, from the beginning, when you started hanging out at your house, like you always had a, a picture of Neem Karoli Baba, who was a great yogi from India, and a picture of Amma. So like, you know, from the beginning, that's that's yoga has been you know a spiritual uh been about a spirituality for you and i feel like for me it's been slower but of course i don't know now it's it's snowballing especially since covid um it's it's really been snowballing and it and it feels good and it feels right and i can't even though i've bounced around and i've gone you know deep in the tony robbins world and you know i was just invited by tony and the team to be in dallas texas 
next month, I think, you know, from, from some special academy. Um, and I'm going to politely decline, not because I, you know, no, I don't want to be there. It's not amazing. I've got other commitments. It's not as amazing as it would be. It's not a top priority for me right now. You know, I, <laughs> crazy as it seems, instead of spending a, you know, a week with, you know, Tony Robbins and his team, I'd, I'd rather be at the, the local ashram sitting on the floor, eating, eating with my hands and, and talking to monks about the meaning of life. And that's just where I'm at right now. And so I guess someone someone might say, why can't you do both? Like one thing doesn't exclude the other, but but I get your point that, that you are, what it sounds to me like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're doing spiritual practices of a certain tradition and Mm -hmm you're inquiring what reveal maybe not in these words but like what reveals itself to you as you do that you know like do you know what i mean yeah totally totally and i mean to your point for sure they don't they don't exclude each other they can totally work together and i in fact when i'm done studying at harvard divinity school i do look forward to tapping back into you know the you know connecting with tony and and being in that world coaching world yeah and um but it's truthfully the it's just i would have to miss several days of school so that is the main reason uh but i guess maybe the point is and i would prefer if i had to pick one or the other i would pick that kind of deeply spiritual path right now and again just bringing it back to what you said at the beginning what i'm sharing this is only my experience this is not like the right path, the best path. Um, this is this is my path at this stage of life for 43 year old Canadian, you know, yogi, it, it just happens to be for this one individual. Um, and, and I guess I want to make that point out because our brother Brandon is here, you know, you had some nice words this past Sunday uh, on we have a mentorship program. In fact, it's, you know, it's open, it's a, I'll just quickly mention it. So I have a because I don't have the time to spend a lot of time with Tony Robbins and doing a lot of these other programs. I have a mentorship program and it's, uh, we meet every Sunday, 10 AM Eastern for 45 minutes. And, and I take the group through the certified yoga life coaching curriculum. Um, and it's, and it's, it's beautiful. It's powerful. It's very affordable, you know, having spent thousands on coaching and and charged thousands for coaching you know this is 20 bucks a month and people can come in join us live four times a month every week um, for that coaching but i just wanted to mention because brandon you know has shared some kind words that at this stage of his life and he's 10 years 11 years younger than me you know he's looking to me in one sense as as a mentor and and i you know thank you for those kind words and i just want to point out though for all of us we will have mentors, we will have people in our life that we look up to and let's the things that resonate, the things that feel right, let's let's practice that. Let's embrace that. Let's use it. Let's try it out. And anything that doesn't feel right, we don't have to do it. Because there's probably not any one individual. There shouldn't be any one individual where it's like, I'm gonna do exactly everything they do. Um, but rather, you know, creating our own way. Mm-hmm yeah so that's so that was that was a long way of uh that was long 
bending and not breaking. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Are, are we still talking about the same topic? <laughs> I don't know. So we got we, a little tangent, but um, yeah, I guess the, the point being yoga is it's, it's what is yoga? It's so much more than just the physical practice. Mm. Um, does it help us bend physically? Yes. Does it help us bend and be flexible mentally and, and metaphorically? Yes. Is it going to prevent us from ever breaking? Unlikely, <laughs> but do we ever break because our, we're a pure spirit soul that uh, has been eternal and will always continue to be? It's a complicated question. So it's not a one word answer, but rather a 42 minute word answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Good, good summary right there. Yeah, so let's jump into the, the main topic and do what we can. What, what do we got for our topic today? Well, today we wanted to discuss the, we pick the main topic, topic, so to say, from our 200-hour teacher training um, that is divided into 13 modules. And today we're going to discuss module six, which is going within. And those of you who've done the hero's journey with us, which is our 200-hour teacher training, will know that part of that module is um, conversations around noble silence and dukkha and vasanas and so without going like deeper than that those of you who have not taken our 200 hour or have are not so like familiar with our work um even just discussing noble silence could be a good idea if you wanted to kind of jack share what that is and then maybe dive into the dukkha sukha conversation yeah. Well, yeah, we'll start with noble silence and we'll see how far we get. This is, this is important. You know, if you listen a few podcasts ago, actually it might've been the first episode where I shared my deepest, darkest secrets. And, and part of that experience was a noble silence. And on the, every year when we bring groups to India, we were just there in March. Um, you know, the intention is uh, each evening we go into a noble silence. So at the end, when say program ends at 8 PM, and then, and then it begins the next day at 6 a.m. Well, you know, if in that evening, that early morning, everybody stays in a noble silence. And so really the intention is to, is to, to not be connected externally, not having to talk or, or certainly not being on our devices, but really going within and, and being quiet. You know, I, something I'm, I've noticed as much as I've, I'm disciplined and hyper-focused and super productive I'm also, my mind is kind of like always going, it's always being productive. And so I, I have to schedule downtime. And so, I mean, a few different moments where, you and know, simply one, one, quiet time. It's yeah. a meditation of being part of life. Like you don't sit down and like in meditation, when a person sits down, that's noble silence too. You typically don't talk when you meditate, but yeah. noble silence is quieting the talking right and i find i mean it's not the purpose per se but i find from the the moments of noble silence a lot of creative ideas come you know we took we took our our sabbatical uh which was really just one week going into the canadian countryside no cell phone no laptops and just being in the nature you know, I feel like, I feel like Scott and Alice like live this way every day. Yeah. Thumbs up. Oh my goodness. So envious. So, uh, so much respect. 
Mm-hmm. But just taking that week, it, it, like, I mean, the two things that came out of that week, two huge things was one was to come and study, you know, a graduate school and come here to Harvard Divinity School. And that, the other thing- That was born out of a noble silence. 100%. Week. 100%. And it's not came- like we didn't talk, you and I. So in that right. way, it's a bit different than what we do in the live programs between like from the evening till the morning um because we did talk but the intention was to not work and not to be online not to create content or whatever it is that Mm -hmm. people do and we all do kind of all day every day yeah we we silenced we silenced the the noise from the outside and we got to just like meaningfully talk um, and I mean, we, that was 2020. We also created this online school. We took all of our programs and we, so we didn't do it that week, but we got a lot of clarity on how we want to do this and why we want to do this and why it's important. So, so a lot of beautiful things come from the, we also side. got engaged or we did we? we did. Yeah. At this right on the last day of the, um, on the last day of our sabbatical, we were doing a yoga flow. The fire. Not this one, but this one. Oh, look at that. You still wear it, eh? This one. Even though we, even though we uncoupled, but we're still best friends. Nice one. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. So we on the last day of the sabbatical, the fire was roaring. And it was snowing. We went out for a canoe ride while it was snowing. Maybe the most beautiful thing I ever experienced in Canada. In complete silence. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, um, just thinking back to it. Yeah. We practice yoga and like, as soon as, and then I was kind of leading it. And so I say, you know, bring your hands to heart center, deep inhale, exhale, ha, deep in, inhale, gentle smile to your face, exhale, ha, deep inhale, gently open your eyes. And then I'd had the, the ring sitting on your mat when, uh, when you opened your eyes and, and I knew that you wanted that particular ring, um, so yes, I mean, that, that nice thing came out and, um, it's, but I, what I also wanted to say, um, it doesn't always have to be about going on some big sabbatical or getting away from a week. You know, I was sharing with you, Hanna, when we got to check, catch up yesterday, the last few weeks, la- I'll say the last two weeks have been elevated stress for me, say three weeks, because my, my brother was here, which is amazing, but as having fun with my brother and my nephew meant falling behind on my studies at school. So as soon as they left the last two weeks, I've been like head down um, writing papers. And that's why I just saw all my birthday wishes like yesterday, right? So thank you, you know, hitting like on all of those. And so I've been head down doing these papers for two weeks, um, not suffering, like nothing, nothing bad per se, but you know something interesting. You know, I wear this ring. It's funny. I, when we were married, I never had a ring, you know, I, of you and I. But now I have this aura ring, and it only fits my wedding <laughs> ring finger, which is funny. But for those who can't see, I'm holding up. I'm wearing this aura ring, and it and it tells me, you know, a little bit of data about my sleep. And one of the things it tells me is about my heart rate and while I'm sleeping. And the and I can and I can see in the data these two weeks where I've been, you know, elevated stress elevated pressure, um, working really hard with not enough downtime. 
my my heart rate during my sleep has been elevated and and every morning when i wake up and plug it in it's like did you stay up too late did you eat too late uh do you is there elevated stress in your life like it knows and it, and, it, and of course i can feel it as well like i can i can actually feel it so the point being um i wasn't giving myself the the noble silence i wasn't giving myself the downtime as of yesterday at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. I handed in my last paper. Oh, felt so good. That's when you and I went for a little walk and a talk. And and after I, I did that, and, and then you went to bed because it's like way later for you. But I I would have wanted to get out my Sanskrit and start doing Sanskrit homework because that's never ending. But I was like, you know what? I'm taking the rest of the evening off. And I I did an Epsom salt bath, you know, like hot water, Epsom salt, put on some Krishna Das, a little Hare Krishna mantra Mm -hmm. in the background and just like totally vegged out. And then I got to bed really early. Like I was, I was in bed at 6.30 PM, lights out at 7.30 PM. So good. Mm -hmm. That's how it's, that's yogi style. And and I woke up and for the first day in, in a couple of weeks, the data of my ring is is like congratulating me. Hey, what did you do different yesterday? Um, and and I'm sure there's there's different variables. Well, one probably the pressure of getting my papers done will contribute. But I feel like the full night sleep, the Epsom salt bath. I also did do a yoga nidra yesterday afternoon, you know, which is also this NSDR, non sleep deep rest, which is really what yoga nidra is. So it's important to find these. The point being, noble silence, you don't have to just come to India with us and do it living at the ashram. You don't have to go to the cabin for a week. You know, Scott and Alice are the privileged to be in Spain living a beautiful life. We don't all have to be able to go to Spain and and, and live that lifestyle, but we can create it here. Yeah, there's different day. ways and different degrees and with a little bit of like self insight, a person might know what they need. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know which yoga nidra did you do? How long and which one? It's a 15 minute one. It's it's one of yours. I can't stand listening to my own (laughs) yoga nidra. (laughs) Uh, I I think I recorded one, I think for your course. And it doesn't, I don't know, at least for me, um, you know, and, and different again, you know, talk about our buddy, Brandon, he was acknowledging, he's like, oh yeah, Jack, I love practicing your hero's journey. And, you know, when you say this and when you say that, and, you know, different people in our life will speak to us in different ways. Um, and at least for me, it's hard, to, it's hard to have like a non-sleep deep rest, uh, listening to my own voice, but I don't know. Maybe <laughs> your inner, can... your inner critic awakens. Yeah. It does. Either that or I just fall asleep. So it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a true yoga nidra. And that often happens when at that time when in 2015, when I was living in India for those months, doing that teacher training, we learned yoga nidra <laughs> and I would always record on my old school iPhone, uh, the teacher leading yoga nidra and I had it beside me and <laughs> you could just hear me and the other students were all snoring. <laughs> You know, because we're because we're so tired in the sense that like it's a full program up at, you know, four thirty or something, and it, that wasn't normal for me back then. Um, and so also, it's not the purpose of yoga nidra; right? it's not to fall asleep. But right. sometimes it happens, and that's sometimes okay. Happens. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so 
I guess coming back, noble silence, it's something, it's something that's really important. And I saw, I saw a video, John Kabat-Zinn, who I know you're familiar with, you know, legend in the kind of Buddhist world, but like kind of the psychology world, the, Mm -hmm. um, you could explain it better, Hannah. But anyways, he was just really pointing to the fact that we need to, we need to create these moments in our day to pause and to, to, to unplug from social media. This is nothing earth shattering. We all know this, but we need to have those. And it just spoke to me so much because when I, when I'm preparing my food with love, I'm listening to a podcast when I'm eating my food with love, (laughs) when I'm eating my food, I'm either listening to a podcast or reading a book with love. Yeah. As best as I can. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm, I'm always, if I'm going for a walk, I'm listening to a podcast. Like, it's like, I'm always filling myself up with really high vibe, positive stuff. But I recognize, you know, also needing that moment. And I shared, I think on last week and you guys, you know, certainly Scott was shaking his head. When I go to the bathroom, I'm filling myself up with, you know. Scott <laughs> was shaking his head because he has a flip phone. Oh yeah, exactly. And Yara's <laughs> giving Yara's uh, also shaking her head. <laughs> no, I know. And uh, hey, hun, listen, I've lived with you for many years. I've seen you do it as well. Just, I'm calling you out. I'm not saying you do it every time. No, um, I don't spend as long in the bathroom as you do. Like, I don't get stuck <laughs> with the phone in the bathroom. Okay, this is too much information now. <laughs> so the, the this point, is going to be the being, name of the podcast. The, yeah who got stuck in the bathroom with the phone in their hand <laughs> the point the point being is like I, I at least for me i recognize the need to pause and and even with my meditation which these days right i do japa meditation so i'm chanting mantra so i feel like even when i'm meditating i'm you know speaking and, and it, it is still very you know healing and centering and calming and easeful but it's not quite the same as, as stillness and doing nothing. And that's something that's not so easy. Yeah. I think it's almost like a luxury. Like when we are like talking about noble silence and like, just for both of us, the one big noble silence retreat that you and I did in the Canadian nature it had such huge impact in what we both are doing now in terms of studies and in terms of happy jack yoga like and that's just like one example but also like the daily little silent times in today's world it feels like a huge gift you know like if we're able to make that happen in our lives to not be on the devices to not be you know, in that constant kind of nonstop stream of information and entertainment that keeps us busy, you know, and away from maybe the core of ourselves. And it seems to me like it's a luxury if we can arrange for that silent time. And then from that silent time, it's almost like gifts are poured out and miracles will unfold you know Mm -hmm. absolutely and and so we have to make the 
make the effort to create that silent time. And I feel like, you know, I just thought of this, but part of it is the space, like our, our space is conducive to how we feel. And, and I just, just literally just thought of it, but on my bedside table, my, my, my room is very simple. There's like nothing in there. It's very clean, organized. However, on my bedside table is like four books that I'm in the middle of reading. So there's, there's almost like when I, when I go to bed to relax, unwind, I'm like, I'm in the middle of reading four different books. Um, so when am I ever going to finish any of them? I don't know. Um, but there's like, yeah, I guess I just know, I just noticed for myself, there's this, this pattern to, to always needing to, to, to learn, to grow, to, to absorb, you know, uh, enlightening type information. And, and that needs to be balanced with really pausing. So that was, that was good. I'm not surprised. We, we only talked about noble silence. I will just as a seed planter for next week. I'd love to, we're going to share about Sukha and Dukkha. And in fact, one of the, the teachings of the yoga sutras um, and our friend Sue is not with us live, but she'll be listening. And I, I've, I've figured out a way to tie in our yoga myth with the yoga sutra teaching. So that's going to go really well. Um, but we quickly will mention the next course going on at Happy Jack Yoga is yoga for grief and so we're out of time so we will maybe next week we'll get you to share a little bit about that hanna but that's coming up for anybody who might be interested send us an email to learn about that lorna is just calling in right now because the eu time zone she thinks it's just starting but it's just ending <laughs> um and if anybody is listening to this if you want to join us live send us an email info at happyjackyoga.com. We'd love to welcome you. If you would love to practice yoga with us, send us an email, we'll get you the link. Um, for those of you that have made a contribution to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash happyjackyoga. Thank you. We appreciate it. It's a listener supported podcast and it unlocks some really cool yoga content. Uh, but biggest thanks to everybody who is here live with us. We're sending the love. Amy, Brandon, Danica, Diana, Lorna, who just tuned in from Portugal, Tanya, Alice and Scott, and Yada. Thank you for being here. And everyone for- listening anywhere yeah. on any of the platforms. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I I love podcast day. Like I get really excited. I, I really enjoy this. And we're gonna keep getting better. For those who are on live with us. As soon as we stop record, if you have a moment, stick around. We'd love your feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And everybody on Facebook Live, we're sending you so much love, high vibes. We'll see you next week. Make it an amazing rest of the day.